Hey Faith Church, I'm Claire Kingsley and it's Go Time. We're releasing podcast interviews with our missionaries prior to their Go Time weekend. This will allow you to catch up with them before you see them at an event. The purpose of our podcast is to meet the missionaries and hear what they're up to. They will also share a few ways you can be partnering with them in prayer. I encourage you to take the time to pray for each missionary as the episode ends. Today's episode features our missionaries, Randy and Valerie Beaverson. They are partnered with Youth for Christ and have been part of our Faith Missions family for 38 years. Their Go Time weekend is September 22nd through the 24th. Find their full schedule of events on our website, faithchurchindy.com slash go time. And here's my conversation with the Beaversons. Hi, Randy. Hi, Valerie. Thank you guys so much for giving us your time to do this Go Time podcast for our Faith Church listeners. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. We're looking forward to the weekend. You know, I know that you guys are going to be coming up to Indy soon, but I swear I just saw you in church like two weekends ago. We were there. (laughs) I'm like, am I going crazy? It's not their Go Time weekend yet. Ah, What were you guys doing in Indy? I don't remember. Yes. So I think we was quick. we mentioned to you that um, Randy works with the national director and his daughter oh, yeah. just graduated from high school. We helped her move into college and um, yes. she was actually there also on Sunday. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And she's going to Taylor, right? Right. Yeah. And um, her host family are, is the Court of Peters. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good to see you guys and we'll get to see you again soon in your, your go time weekend. So um, before we talk a little bit about what your weekend looks like and what we can expect um, from our time with you guys, let's just get to know you a little bit. So for somebody who doesn't know you very well, would you introduce yourselves, both of you, um, what you do, what ministry you work with, what's your vision? Well, we are with you for Christ. Um, both of us have been with YFC for about 35 years, and I was with YFC about three years earlier than that. So we've been married in, in this adventure almost the whole time. Um, I started in YFC as a Campus Life staff guy uh, in Indianapolis, about all the north side schools you can name at one point or another, and a couple of downtown schools. Um, running campus life clubs, and then uh, became ministry director and then executive director of the Central Indiana chapter through the 90s. Um, it was quite a, a journey. Um, we inherited a lot of debt and getting rid of that while not losing staff was a challenge. And then we had a huge national project in town. And then the Billy Graham crusade came and I was co-chairing the student part of that. And I was pretty burned out by about 97, 99, and really felt like I needed to step away from the role. Let's, with more energy, take it. So three years in Alaska at a camp, uh, I went to the international side of things and have just really enjoyed it. Uh, It's hard, but um, such gratifying work. Uh, We're focused on Asia Pacific, which is all the way from Australia up to Russia, all that stuff. It's about two thirds of the world. Um, most of our time is spent with South Asia, which is five nations and about 23% of the world lives in those. And that, that keeps us real busy. A lot of unreached peoples there in dire poverty and uh, the resources are 
slim training is slim as compared to like Singapore or Australia. So I just really focus mostly on those areas for that reason. And then I currently uh, still for about a year, I've been interim regional director of South Asia. So pray that I can release that hat to the real person before too long. <laughs> okay. And Valerie, what are you up to? So uh, my work right now is I work as a nurse at a surgery center close by. And uh, so I do that three days a week, usually more right now. <laughs> uh, but that I work PRN, which is as needed. And so it gives me the flexibility to be able to travel with Randy every once in a while and get to go on some trips and have some contact with uh, the people that he works with. Tell us about your kids. So we have two kids, Laura, Jonathan. Laura's married to Eric. They live in our neighborhood. We actually moved to Florida four years ago because they were down here and Laura got pregnant. And I pretty much knew I was going to have a tiger by the tail as soon as that happened. And I was right. So uh, I can work from anywhere. As a nurse, Val can get a job almost anywhere. So we made the move and it's it's been awesome. It was not planned to live as close to them. It's just crazy how it all came together. Jonathan lives in Knoxville. Uh, he drives trucks for Dr. Pepper Keurig, and he's one of their top drivers. He drives doubles through the mountains and stuff like that. I don't think I would want to be doing every day, but um, he's engaged to Allie Allison, whose mother lives there, and so that's why she lives there now. And that's part of the reason Jonathan's there too. Yeah, super. Grandkids, they're awesome. <laughs> that's great. So you guys are loving your time with your grandkids. And if you have any additional time, what do you guys do? How do you spend it? We love to go to the beach. So I I grew up uh, in on the other side of Florida in Boca Raton. And so um, I always loved going to the beach and spending time there. But we enjoyed going for bike rides, walks around the neighborhood, um, trying new restaurants, whatever. It's a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love fishing, but in four years, I haven't really caught anything. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm great on lakes, fresh water up north, you know, Indiana, Michigan, but I haven't figured it out down here yet. So I'm just kind of sticking with golf when I can afford it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you are a fisher of men of sorts. Right? Oh, there so, you go. Nice. Yep. <laughs> when I need a break from one, I can do the other. Yeah. Um, okay. So why don't you guys, would you just tell us a little bit about what God is doing through Youth for Christ around the world, you get a really unique vantage point that you could share with the rest of us. Yeah, when you see around the world, that's actually amazingly big. There are 45,000 staff and volunteers uh, globally. So it's a huge organization. Every three years, we have a global conference, which is required in our bylaws. Um, we couldn't do anything during COVID, so it's been like five years, but that's coming up next month and in the Netherlands. And right now we're sold out at a thousand people. That's board members, national directors, and assorted others, along with young leaders from every country who their national director feels they may 
be future leadership material. So that is the size of the movement. It's almost too big to really think about. But um, in the Asia Pacific and specifically with some of the things we've been doing, we just wrapped up uh, what ended up being a very easy, but is gonna be a meaningful project. And anybody who gets our prayer letters already at the church knows about this, but there's been a tribe of Hindu people that we've been working with. And it's been almost like a people movement to Christ. It's just been phenomenal, accompanied by miracles. It's sort of like Book of Acts kind of thing. And we'll share more about what that means when we're not on the air. <laughs> but uh, there was a test, a uh, little survey done and some tests with some MP3 players amongst a few people. And the MP3 players had the scriptures in their language and some Christian music uh, in their language and style. And they were really amazing for these people. They're, they're not educated, they're illiterate. They work six days a week, 12 hours in brick factories. They're, they're basically slaves. And it became a lifeline for them. So our national director said, let's get 500 of these and put them into the hands of that many families. And all we did was share it in our prayer letter and the mailing list for that nation, and it has more than come together. So only heaven will reveal what happens as a result of that, but that's just a super recent um, cool thing that's happening. And we'll be happy to share the results of that at some point. Praise God, um, that's awesome. We recently got a grant. We're, we really have a heart for unreached people groups at this point. The Great Commission is very heavy on our hearts. We need to finish the job Christ gave us very clearly. So given the number of unreached people groups and the fact that I'm seeing YFC has national directors that are capable and burdened in the same way, we've raised some money. Over the next year, there are five such groups who are going to be, our staff are going to go there, live among them, and Lord willing, lead them to Christ. And I could almost guarantee that's going to happen. And um, because that's just the way the Lord's working in this time on the front edges of the Great Commission. Uh, the only places people aren't coming to Christ is where we're not sharing them. And you can pretty much say that blanket, even in the hard areas. But that's really exciting to be part of that for five whole people groups, just like that. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's a great prompt for us. Also just be praying for that and alongside you guys, I know. And you said that's happening over the next year. Yeah. You know, okay. micro scale, there are other things that are really cool um, that we'll share during the weekend. We had two nations that this summer held camps. And in our whole years of, you know, being part of camps and actually running a camp for three years in Alaska, we've never seen this, but every kid who went to that camp, which in one case was like three quarters of them, who did not know the gospel or had not ever received Christ, every one of them made that decision, like stood up, come to the front kind of thing. And that is just amazing. And to me, it's just Again, this is the times we're living in for missions. Not every missionary, not every field is going to be like that, but I think it's exploding like that, at least from what we can see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. All the more reason for people to 
get on your prayer list and your update list if they're not already. So they, they'll be able to hear stories when you guys are here for the weekend, but then get updates uh, going forward on what is going on. It's really encouraging. Okay, and Valerie, you have a unique perspective um, when you do get to be a part of um, coming alongside and doing this work with you, Youth for Christ. You're working with different people. Who are you working with and who are you serving? So um, two different things. Uh, with these big events, I have the privilege of going there and helping medically. So um, they kind of tag me to be a person that others can come to if they have medical issues. Um, so that's kind of nice that I get to use um, my expertise um, in that way. Uh, but the other thing that is, has been really fun is over the years, we're, we're meeting with the same people, the um, couples, their kids. Um, so over the past 10, 12 years, we've watched their families grow. Um, there was a long period of time with COVID and other things that we didn't get to meet, but it's just fun to be able to get with the women and um, hear about um, some of the things that they're going through, some of the unique struggles for them as missionary wives in other countries. Um, there's, there's wives and families that are going through amazing things, separation because of war, um, different things like that. And at the last conference, we were able to just meet with the ladies, um, encourage them, pray for them, um, it was, it, it's just really neat. Plus, uh, the opportunity to watch their kids grow and see them is, it's fun for me. Yeah. And you're uniquely gifted to be able to connect with people like that. So that's just mm -hmm. a gift to them. I'm sure you guys, you've already shared a little bit about stories of provision, um, with like funding these MP3 players and other things. Are there other stories of God's provision, that you want to share with us on the podcast, or are you going to save them for your sharing time when you guys are here for the weekend? Well, we're saving the wild miracle stories for mostly Friday night. I mean, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. night, <laughs> Sunday night seminar time. And then Sunday noon, we'll be doing some of that. But yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a good teaser. If people want to hear some amazing miracle stories of what God is doing around the world, come to the story seminar sharing time, which I do want to just mention is not live streamed. And so we often live stream our seminars and this will not be live streamed because we want you guys to be able to be able, be able to share openly. Um, and uh, you're sharing things about places that are sensitive countries around right. the world. And so um, yeah. anyway, so if people want to hear, they've got to show up in person. That's the point. <laughs> yep. When we were first talking, you've talked about how missions has changed. The landscape of missions has changed over the last 30 years. So would you share a little bit with us about what mission work was like 30 years ago and what is it now and how has your role had to adapt and change? Yeah, and that's really a pretty quick answer. You know, everybody who has been a Christian for quite a while is probably familiar with the, the image the stereotype, which was mostly true of the missionary of 100 plus years ago, they took their casket, they got on the ship, you know, the casket was full of all that they needed and they were going overseas and they knew that within a period of years they could get sick and die 
or even then they just may never get back home again. That's what it was. So they were there to plant churches as the Americans, end of story, because they were like most of the world didn't know the gospel. Um, but I shared in a sermon at Faith not too many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, how fast the gospel has moved around the world. So 50 years ago, we had American missionaries um, still going to the field, most of them to one place long term, uh, maybe to establish a hospital or something, but again, maybe to just do church planning. But now, because those two things were effective through all the mistakes and errors people like to write about, they worked. And their God's people are everywhere. So now, when we want to go and reach the two very closed provinces in Pakistan, where I cannot even go as an American, there are people we have, we have trained that can be resourced carefully, and they have the language, cultural background, they can deal with the hardships, and they're going to be the ones who finish the Great Commission on the like front lines. But that doesn't mean we are finished. And far too many churches are acting like we're finished overseas. And all we need to do now, all we need to do is the good work of building wells and things like that. Because it's like it's all become very local missions oriented to the exclusion of finishing the Great Commission, but we're not there yet. We're still needed to carefully resource and train people and be involved, even with encouragement. That's huge. So that's, I think, the role of the missionary today is more being involved in those ways than literally just going and giving your life in one spot. Even if it's scripture translation, that's much faster now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's our role, faith church's role? For, you know, generalizing, still generalizing, but um, being educated and concerned about what's happening globally. That right there marks a rare church in America nowadays. Um, didn't used to be the case, but it is now. And along with local ministries, investing, um, particularly financially, in things overseas. Uh, many churches now are 100% of their quote foreign mission service is done by teams that go from the church to do something, which basically means it's gotta be the Caribbean, uh, you know, maybe Africa, the safe places, which is fine. And they go run VBS, paint the church, and those are all good things. In fact, I think it's important to catch a vision. But for us to think that that's how we're gonna finish the Great Commission is not the reality. So, being educated and engaged and being able and willing to give and maybe draw others into that um, is probably the most productive, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's a unique calling for faith. <laughs> Thank you for challenging us. All right, so um, where are you guys at in support right now, financial support, prayer support? What are your needs um, and how do those needs impact your day-to-day -day ministry? Uh, as far as like support account goes, uh, between committed 
giving, whether monthly, quarterly, whatever, and just irregular gifts that arrive and weren't expected. Um, we are we are okay, and we're thanking God for that because it really is not in a negative way, but a lot of missionaries have two jobs, and one of those is their ministry, and the other one is trying to go find the straw to make the bricks. Not having to be as focused on that, but more in a mode of just sharing what's happening as a result of the ministry and inviting people to be involved in some of this exciting stuff. It really allows us to be more single focused and effective, I think, with the ministry itself. So okay. that's a blessing. You know, you can always, always happily take more of the like committed giving because, you know, that's coming. There's no nervousness about, oh, wait a minute, we're getting close to the line, you know, hope somebody sends in the special gift. Mm -hmm. But uh, in total, we've been quite all right for several years, and we're very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super. One of the projects, though, that's coming up, um, Randy mentioned going to the Netherlands, and uh, obviously his, kind of his cost, or how do you word that? Yeah, registration, flights, right. all that stuff. His is covered by his work, obviously. Um, and we still we, raise it. We still raise it. Account. Yeah. But I'm going also, so we have to raise mine also. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yes, and so if anyone feels prompted to make this a special gift or regular, contribute regular giving to help get Valerie to the Netherlands, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can do your special thing that Randy, you're amazing, but you can't do those amazing things that Val does. So you both <laughs> yep. need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I maybe don't get back to Indy as much as Randy does. And so I don't see people as often uh, at faith, but I realized uh, over the last couple of weeks I got online and started listening to um, previous faith stories and things like that. And um, I've listened to some of the sermons and how all of a sudden I realized I, I can still be connected. And that was really fun for me to hear people talking um, that I knew. I started listening to some of the podcasts for the women of faith and mm. um not only hearing people that I knew when I was there, but kind of meeting some of the new people that are there and, and thinking, okay, I, I am still connected. And that was really encouraging for me um, just to hear some of those stories. And I have access to that. I just haven't taken advantage of that until recently. And so uh, that is encouraging. People are always um, very friendly, um, you know, they're, when we're there visiting, you can tell that they're reading our letters. They know what's going on. They're praying for us. And that's huge to know that the work mostly that Randy does in writing those letters isn't in vain, that, you know, mm -hmm. people do read them and are praying for us. And um, so that is encouraging for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would echo that last part. Um, reality is that most missionary letters, things like that, maybe 20% are read, uh, a few higher percent are actually opened. That's just the realities, kind of like email, right? I mean, that's, yeah. people just treat email like that too. And, but it's much, it's got to be much higher than that because we do have people who respond 
in different ways. They tell us they're praying and they say specifically for what, or people, you know, make a comment or send a gift in response to a particular project for the field that we put into the letter. And that does, that does mean a lot to feel like, okay, our partners are really partnering with us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I am a firm believer that whether you're the person going or, or someone who is supporting to help make that kind of thing happen, both are going to be greeted at the door of heaven by those who are the recipients and who come to the know, know the Lord because of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can put verses together that kind of pretty firmly come up with that idea. And, um, yeah, we just appreciate that. And we enjoy knowing that others are going to be rewarded as well. It's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how can we pray for you guys right now? Um, <laughs> we're getting older. <laughs> At least I am. Um, I, I have a lot of work to do. And every year it's kind of like, oh my goodness, that was crazy. You know, surely things are going to be a little easier next year. And then, man, it's just, it's nuts again. So um, I, I know I'm doing too much work, but I would say the same thing that I'm doing too much work. And um, I can't do that like I could when I was 35 and just chugging it all out. It's um, the multitasking is more difficult, you know, physically. I've had a knee replacement that had to be done again. And I had a foot for surgery recently and I'm sort of an orthopedic mess and I take too much Tylenol to be happy, but <laughs> it's just, that's part of what's, happening and um at some point i'll have to start backing it down but i don't want it to be before things are ready for that in the various aspects of my ministry yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so you mentioned familiar. looking or um, praying for an admin of some sort true um okay. i don't know if i would be able to use a full-time administrative assistant but if there were always someone I could fire projects to just to get it off my plate so I can focus elsewhere is a big deal. Yeah. And um, I've been able to do that on occasion with a couple people, but uh, honestly, that's just part of missions to yeah. far too few people, far too much work. And you can be in almost any level in some organizations and you're still in your meetings all day. And then in the evening, you're doing all the work that came up in those meetings. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Okay. Anything else you wanted to add? So when I when we moved down here, I worked in the emergency department in Tampa, um, specifically the children's emergency department, um, which I loved. Um, but uh, in 2020, I got both of my knees replaced at the same time. Don't recommend that to anybody. And uh, it was basically putting an end to 12-hour shifts. And so I got a job at an endoscopy center in Sarasota, thinking that that might be a little bit closer, but then traffic got so bad, it was taking me over an hour to get home. So I was two years in the ER, a year, little year and a half at the endoscopy center. And then a little over a year ago, I started working at the surgery center, which is closer to home. And I love what I do, but the turnover there has been horrendous and just a lot of 
unnecessary stress, but we're going to keep chugging away at it and <laughs> just pray that it works itself out. <laughs> yeah. Her part-time work has obviously been a blessing for us and kind of stabilizing effect financially for us as a family as well. But Val's one of those people that even if she wasn't being paid very much, she would probably still be doing stuff like this. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's a calling for her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we would love to join you guys in prayer for those things. If you could talk to anybody new considering joining your team, um, what would you want them to know? I would have to say, I'm going to um, toot Randy's horn a little bit here for her because he spends a lot of time um, and effort in his letter writing. And um, I do it maybe once a year to do a family update. And uh, But I think that people that would be interested in joining our team and praying for us, they would be blessed by Randy's letters because he is very good about um, giving a lot of information about um, ministry around the world that people probably don't hear about normally. And, um, you know, whether it's educating or challenging, um, it's we've had a lot of people that have responded to his letters and uh, appreciate what he writes. And uh, I think that uh, obviously we would love for people to um, join our list so that we can let them know what's going on and know how to pray for us specifically. And um, if they feel so led to give to help in different areas too. Yeah. I mean, the brass tacks answer to that is, is simply, you know, at, at the go weekend, pick up one of the cards or, you know, whatever's printed in the information. It's very easy to get on the mailing list. And I do think it's a process. If people do read the letters, which, let's face it, it, it takes max five minutes a month. Um, I really, my goal is that things God is doing in this world that they will never hear from anywhere else um, because it's just stuff that's not out there. There's what motive does CNN to have to say anything like that? So, um, and then as that happens, they begin to realize, wow, like God's really working and wow, I could actually be part of this and I could be a very specific part of this. You know, the MP3 player thing is, about as direct and specific as it gets. Yeah. And when people give to our ministry, it's not like a massive office where stuff gets lost. A gift, like for those MP3 players, that is, quote, raised by us. It goes through our office. I know the exact person it's going to, and I know the exact project, and I even know some of the people in the area where it's going to go. So it doesn't get much more direct than that. And in case this fits, I'll add that particularly when there are natural disasters, um, giving to the Red Cross, all these things is, is nice and good, but um, all of those things go through governments and in a place like some of those where we work, they're only going to go to people of majority faiths, which means Christians at the end of a horrible earthquake or flood, they're still sitting out in the desert with nothing while their counterparts in the majority religion have nicer homes and all they need. 
So when you when you're with a small organization like this, you literally can funnel funds directly to those people because our national directors are indigenous. They know who they are, where they are, and where to get it. And we did a ton of that during COVID and the big floods, historic floods that happened in Pakistan last year. Mm. And that is super gratifying. I think both for us and the donors, uh, because bang, one month later, here's a picture of somebody who got the money, the stuff you just paid for, and it's not lost in a massive organization. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. And we should be willing to give regardless of being able to like receive news like that. Um, but it definitely is just like, it's really a great blessing and gift to be yeah. able to to have that. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys, I've really enjoyed our time together and I'm looking forward to having you guys hosting you guys for your go time weekend. Um, let's just mention your events for for a second. So Randy, you're going to be sharing at the men's breakfast and Valerie, you get a little talk and walk uh, session that's hosted by women of faith and you've got two new knees which will make it really great <laughs> that's right that's right i had to get them so i can keep up with everybody <laughs> it's at um a new park i mean it, the park has existed but they redid it and it's really lovely it's called river heritage park and if you people have not been they definitely should check it out with valerie and company and you guys are just gonna walk the paths and chat and get to know another and catch up yeah all right looking okay. forward to it <laughs> okay and then we'll hear get to see you guys meet you um again on sunday morning see you up on stage yeah the sunday lunch will be the general oh. information time sharing generally about our ministry our lives um, telling a few really cool stories of what God's doing. The Sunday night time will be closed room, no recordings, no cameras, and we'll be sharing miracles of things in places where you just can't record it and talk about it. And um, the title of that is For Those Who Doubt. And we all have reasons we doubt God. And a lot of times it's whether he's good, really, as we look at the wickedness in this world that seems to go unchecked, at least now. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to address that. And I think it's going to be very interesting for folks. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, you guys are looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.